Welcome to another episode of The Movies That Move Us. I'm your host, Al Larson. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Quince Van Orden. How's it going? Glad to be here. And today we are joined by Michael Tanner. Hello, that's me. Michael is a graphic novelist. Um, sorry, I, I should have asked you a little bit more. What Are, are there other things that you want me to uh, talk you uh, up as? You know, I'm kind of a raconteur. Um, no, as uh, you know, I'm a comic book writer. I am a uh, podcaster, um, and yeah, I've really I've I've pared down the things I do. So I feel like that's probably the um, those are the important parts. Nice. Uh, well, today Michael has offered to uh, discuss with us the original Dawn of the Dead from 1978 by George A. Romero. You know, I just want to say I'm really thankful for the remake because watching this so slow in so many parts. It is, like, uh, it is, it is slow in a lot of parts. I, I just wanted a, 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 I was watching it on YouTube and I just wanted that button that like skips 15 seconds but it didn't have it. I just like, I, come on, just blah, blah, blah. Or this, even this action scene is slow, but there is a lot. And we're going to get into this of how this shaped zombie films from here on out. I, I would say all zombie media, like not just films, but yeah, absolutely. M- Michael, do you want to tell us a little bit about why you chose this movie of all, of all things? Yeah, this movie has um, a very special place in my heart uh, because it traumatized me as a child. Um, and it was one of those things where I saw like two minutes of this movie at an age where I was way too young to see even two minutes of that movie. And I had no idea what movie it was, just a horribly graphic scene. And then it was about... 12 years later that I saw that I saw the whole thing. It was one of those things where just watched this movie. And then that scene came on. I was like, Oh my God, this is the movie. Um, and like, I fell in love with that movie. It tra- traumatized me as like, you know, a five-year-old as a, you know, a 16 year old. I didn't like, I just loved it. Like the funny parts I thought were funny. Yes. Yeah, is a little slow. I thought it was just like stylistically, it was kind of amazing uh, for me. And now it's one of those movies that I always come back to. Um, every few years and you know as you know as a comic book writer uh it there's a lot of aspects of it that affected uh that aspect of my life it's a it's it's really uh i really think it's kind of an amazing movie with with admitting that it does have flaws i think it is a pretty amazing movie you know i think uh, this is what i really always want to like kind of get to is that the movies that like move us the most are not like the perfect ones it's not like we could have like people on to talk about why saving private Ryan or um, Mm -hmm. something like that of that caliber, which is just such a a great movie, but I don't want to like that movie already gets accolades. Like I want to talk about something that like definitely is flawed. That isn't, that isn't the best thing. It's like, yeah, but this like really changed everything for me. And that's that's what I love about this for for you. Yeah, there's certain movies where it just it's like how much more needs to be said about The Godfather, you know, like 
you yeah. you have to be really confident in your film criticism skills to feel like you're bringing something new to that table. And, and you know, like, it's great to talk about The Godfather. I can talk about The Godfather all the live long day. But it doesn't mean, like, what I'm going to be saying about it is going to, like, be profound or resonate. Uh, and I don't think anyone would expect it. But if it's if someone's talking about a movie that you don't know as well, that doesn't get as much attention, you are more likely to be surprised and be like, oh, like, I never saw it that way, or I I need to go see that movie now. So I think that's the that's the great thing about like this podcast is just like exposing people and their story, personal stories with movies can resonate with someone and make them curious. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so did you like grow up watching a lot of scary movies, or was this like kind of the first thing that you ever saw that was a scary movie? This has to be the first thing I ever saw because okay, so here was. Uh, about five years old, I think. Uh, my family was uh, over at my uncle's house visiting. Um, so really just like, come over to visit, because this is the 80s. So people would just like, you just show up at someone's house, like hang out. Um, so we go in, and he's watching a movie. Uh, but we're not really paying attention to it. We're like, we all kind of sit down in the living room. But it's ad- adults talking. And like, a five-year-old is not going to be interested in that. So I start gravitating to whatever is on the TV. And what's on the TV is this is, I remember this clear as day. Uh, if you've seen the movie, you know, it's very early on in the movie during the, uh, the tenement raid by the SWAT team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they open a door and kind of out slowly steps this very tall zombie. Uh, he's got a mustache and a little, a little bit of an afro. And he kind of stumbles out. And it's, I think, our first real good look at a zombie in the movie. That kind of like blue makeup uh that that romero used in this movie for a lot of the zombies they look very blue he's kind of shambling out and this woman is being held back and she's kind of calling out to him and she breaks free from one of the swat guys and she runs up to the guy and like wraps her arms around him and like is saying his name and the guy the zombie like looks down and he just bites a huge chunk out of her shoulder and it's this amazingly kind of hokey special effect but as a five-year-old it is like mm-hmm. it is flesh being torn from someone's neck with the bright red blood, and right. I was like, "This is this is too much. This is this is scary." And from that point on, like I was afraid of the dark. I could not like sleep alone. I would like sneak into my parents' room and like sleep on the floor. Um, I was just I was traumatized by seeing that scene in the movie. And then you know, flash forward, like I'm a teenager, and my friends, my friends and I we would do this thing called test fest testosterone festival. Every Saturday night, we would <laughs> go over to a friend's house and we would just rent. We had a local Hastings video store. I don't know if anyone out there had a Hastings, but Hastings had 49 cent rentals. So at 49 cent rentals, we would rent just like 10 movies and we would just go to our friend's house and we would just like, we'd marathon and just like stay up as late as we could. Uh, and one, one night we rented a bunch of like horror movies. We weren't really horror guys. We were more like, we'd look for you know, movies with, with girls with boobs and, uh, like action movies. That's what we normally did. Uh, we rented horror movies this one night and it was, I think probably like two in the morning. It was just me and my friend, Bill. We we're the only two still awake. Everyone else had like passed out and we put in like, oh, let's put in this one. Dawn of the dead. Okay. What's this one about? Uh, we're watching we're watching. And then that scene comes on. And I stood up and I was like, oh my God, this is that movie. This is the movie that traumatized me as a kid. And we're watching it and I was like, oh my God. I still even like could not like look at that scene. I had to like cover my eyes a little bit. But that was like, 
it was this callback to years before. I was like, this, this is a movie that like scared the hell out of me as a kid. And then, you know, we finished watching it. We loved it. We laughed at the funny parts and like the music and like the cheesy 70, 70s-ness of it. And there's just like, yeah, it was just that was like this. I love this movie. I love love this Dawn of the Dead movie. You touching on like a, a lot of notes of like things that I that I do want to like bring up. Like when when that scene happened with with her getting just that big old chunk ripped out of her. I am used to seeing like I, I've seen plenty of horror movies and whatnot, but I'm used to right now the cultural zeitgeist ab- about everything being made of cake. <laughs> you know that like all these bakers who are like secretly disguising a, oh it's it's a chair no actually it's a cake or you know and so i saw that scene and that was like the only thing going on in my head of just like is it cake that's hilarious <laughs> uh yeah the music of this movie is very what i would describe as like action news yeah i think there's okay so there's there's I don't know if this is true, but this is my headcanon for Romero making this movie. Because Romero is famously like low budget, doing everything as cheap as possible. Uh, so some of the music is done by an Italian band called Goblin. And so all like the heavy synth music in the movie is is Goblin. But there's a lot of interstitial music, which sounds like tv news or uh i i like to assume that romero just like bought the music rights to like a generic catalog because it's a lot of like marching band or just like yeah like very out of place um and kind of depending on which version of the movie you watch like so in some versions it's really off-putting uh in some and in some versions it's it's pretty mellow uh like especially like the italian cut uh, which is more gory and uses a lot more of the goblin synth track. Um, you know, obviously it's less intrusive. Uh, I mm-hmm. think the original theatrical cut, um, it's not as bad because that's the version that I remember watching a lot. And the only track that really bugged me was the very end music uh, when Peter is escaping the mall. It sounds like it's from the G.I. Joe cartoon. But I recently watched, and it might be the version you watch if you watch it on YouTube, there's the like extended cut that has a lot of extra bits that I, I had never seen before, before I watched it. And I remember the, uh, the interstitial music being very annoying in some places. So yeah, like your mileage might vary depending on the version of the movie you watch. Yeah. And I think we watched, there was one that was like two and a half hours and we watched one that was like two hours, 19 minutes. And so it's like, I don't know how you found like another 15 minutes of, of stuff, but okay. I don't want to watch that one. Maybe there's something good in there, but. There is there is one scene that I'd never seen before, uh, which has them when they're uh, escaping the city, Pittsburgh, um, in the helicopter, they run across like a couple of cops who are stealing a boat. Um, and there's like in the extended cut, there's there's a whole scene there where they like there's a lot of tension where the cops might like might try to kill him or because but it's like they yeah. come to an understanding. And then that's not you gotta smoke. regular. Yeah. Yeah. In the original cut you only see that guy who asked them for cigarettes. Um, so you don't see any of the parts before it where there's like the tension and um, like the cops are like, we're, t- we're taking this boat. We're going to take everything. Um, so yeah, it's a little different. Um, so that, and I thought that was a pretty good scene, but yeah, like it is a, it is a pretty long movie as it is. Um, 
Okay, question for you. you. You mentioned the music, and I don't know, Al, if you had this impression either. I got the impression that this, I don't know if it was taken from, or I felt like, what is that song, Metallica, When the Bells End? And I kept thinking of Zombieland, because they play that song. Do you know what I'm talking about? But I felt like there is Tolls End. Maybe that's it. For whom um, the bell tolls? For whom the bell tolls, yeah. Oh man, there's metalheads throughout the world just screaming at you right there. Yes, there is. <laughs> uh, of the like seven listeners we have, one of them <laughs> is going to be screaming at me. For whom the bells toll, uh, I felt like there was part of that in that music. You could hear that uh, ringtone <laughs> <laughs> ring. Uh, I would want to say. I, did anyone else feel that, or or is that just me? Um, I feel like I want to pull it up and. And and play it, but I am not familiar enough with uh with that song. Yeah, so uh, I can, I can I sing the um the the chorus, but I honestly have no idea what the music sounds like in that song. Really, my goodness. Okay, you guys need we'll, to go. We'll leave a poll. Uh, listen to <laughs> Spotify and ask people if they think that that the music sounds like "For Whom the Bell Tolls" by Metallica. Okay, yeah. where where does this movie fit on your personal list of greatest movies? My personal list, this is definitely in the top ten, uh, but I'd say it's it's probably pretty low. Um, like if it was in my top ten, it would be probably like nine or ten. I'm not I like mean, this. Is still high though. That's like way high. Yeah, but like I said, it's a personal top ten. Like I yeah, let's see, like probably. Uh, there's like five P.T. Anderson movies on there. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I'm trying to think of like what movies I bothered to like own still. Like um, I do want to find out which which Paul Thomas Anderson movies that you would put up on that top. Oh, uh, Punch Drunk Love is my favorite movie of all time. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's uh, literally I think it's it's an amazing, amazing motion picture. Uh, and Licorice Pizza actually I think is now number two because I loved the hell out of the movie. Okay, I was just about to ask you if you, if you liked that one, if you liked Punch Drunk, and yeah, that movie. It's because I'm a huge Los Angeles from... nerd, like so. Like mm. Licorice Pizza was just like if you love '70s Los Angeles, kind of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like if you love '70s Los Angeles, you're automatically gonna like that movie at least, if not love it. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm a Los Angeles nerd, so. So that's why the those are up there, and then, you know, like Boogie Nights also is like seventies LA. Yeah, are you from California? No, but I lived in Los Angeles for eighteen years, and I just wow. recently moved uh, back up to Washington State. Oh, okay, nice. Okay, so this is obviously a, a super high movie for you. Do you think it's like ob- objectively good? I th- I think it's one of those movies that like you want to show other people, um, but you're probably pretty obnoxious when you show it to other people because you probably do that thing where you like you like watch them watching the movie, which is always uncomfortable for the person. But I think I think it's a movie that benefits from watching in a group. Uh, I think it definitely benefits from a big screen. Um, so I think that's where you kind of get the collective 
like film experience like some movies you can watch like by yourself and it's no big deal some movies like are better when you watch them in a crowd um like so i i think it's a movie that if someone were were like oh there's a screen of dawn of the dead should i go see it i'd be like have you seen it before and they're like no i'm like yes go to that screening of dawn of the dead like go see it with a group of people um but don't necessarily let your your boyfriend make you watch it and yeah, I say that as a I, joke because very early on with my with my wife, I think it was one of the first movies I like made her watch with me. Yeah, it's never fun to like have to force somebody to watch a movie. Like you, you want them to like it so bad, and there's just so many expectations, and you're just like, oh, I just I want you to like be like I'm sharing so many other things with you in life. I want you to also share this thing and share this love of this thing for mm-hmm. me. And then when you know they're not enjoying it and it's just like, it hurts even more. So you become more desperate. You're like, no, 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 watch this. This part is great. Like, oh, just watch how the, watch how this character does this thing in this scene. And it's just, you're just grasping at straws at that point. You've already lost them. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, do you have a favorite scene in this movie? Uh, yes. Uh, I think my, my favorite scene, I will, I will not count the montage, the clearing the mall montage. Um, because th- that that is a very great scene. I think my favorite scene is a very it's I struggle to even call it a scene because it's a moment. It's my favorite moment where after they've cleared the mall and they've settled into the routine and you see that the mall is a trap. Like that they have fallen into this like sad routine and they're not happy and there's just a scene with um with um uh, I'm blanking on the Galen Ross is the actress and the character's name is Francine. Francine is sitting there. She's like fully done up in makeup. Um, and she's just like smoking and sitting, looking at herself in the mirror and she just looks miserable. Um, and I'm, I might be conflating two scenes that happen one right after the other, but I'm pretty sure we see Steven, her partner in bed with a mannequin. <laughs> Like in the background, that might be the next scene. Like uh, that might be like a cutaway. But my feeling is that you see the reflection in the mirror of Stephen in bed with a mannequin, <laughs> and it's just this moment where you're just like, "Yeah, this is a." Uh, it was it was it was fun until weird. it wasn't. It was weird in this movie because there would be like, it, it's supposed to act very serious. Okay, this is a pandemic, a whatever. But then there would be some silly moments. Oh yeah, and one, it's wacky. Toward, it's really wacky at times. One, one towards the end, you know, the, those guys who are coming to the mall to like destroy everything, and they go and they break into the store, and what do they start stealing? Cowboy boots, a bowling ball, <laughs> just like a little crazy. And I love, I have to say, this was my favorite part, of it, and it, I, I hated that I had to wait till the very end to see it. But they're they're trying to escape, but then but yet the zombies are a little overwhelming. And one guy in a sombrero <laughs> runs up, puts his arm in to get his, his uh, blood pressure check. And uh, was, why? This is my, this is my favorite part as well. All right, yep. My, and I, I like that. I like to think, this is my also my headcanon for this movie, is they were on set and someone just pitched it to Romero 
Like, what if uh, what if one of the raiders like sticks his arm in the arm pressure, the uh, blood pressure machine? And you're just like, yeah, all right, because it because it, it is like a movie that is weirdly funny, like at times, um, yeah, and then like really gruesome and then really sad at times. Uh, it you know it it runs the gamut. Uh, but yeah, that is a very silly part. And like when they start doing like the pie, they start pie facing the zombies. Yeah. Um, that's the other thing is like every seventies movie had to have like some cream pie fight. And it's just like, yep. George A. Romero didn't want to be left out. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> it needs some Benny Hill music. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, that music that they do play is very, almost Benny Hill. Mm-hmm. It's just slow. There down. is some like, silly mall music. I just like hum that music yeah. to myself sometimes. So they've got that. They've got the uh, dude who kind of looks like the comedian Gallagher because he's like going around smashing all of the zombies with the with the sledgehammer. And like, I was surprised that they didn't just go for like the full on like oh, smash yeah. the watermelon like montage type thing. Like do that over just one zombie's head. But nope. But it was like very, very in that vein. Yeah, there's a lot of like 70s shenanigans, as I would call them, for this movie. And at first, like I was, I was messaging Quince while I was watching it. And I was just like, "What the heck are they doing with some of these things?" And as I've like kind of stepped away from it, like had more time, like that same day, I was like, "That was actually pretty funny." I'm real. That was that was good. I I I found myself like complaining in the moment about certain things, but overall I was just like, no, actually I I really enjoyed these things and I I see where it like kind of comes from and just like all the ideas where where they're coming from in it and it, it it's fun. I like yeah. that. And it's it's also like in the context of the time cuz like Romero invented a zombie movie basically as we understand it today mm-hmm. um so he was still setting the precedent for like what was done in zombie movies like there there weren't and there wasn't anything in the genre to compare this to other than what george romero had already done um and this and from this point on we get tons of imitators uh and so everything in zombie fiction post Dawn of the Dead is a reaction to Dawn of the Dead. Um, even like Romero's other movies, uh, like Night of the Living Dead had a lot of very subtle social commentary um, where Dawn of the Dead is like, it is, it, it's not, it's not subtext, it's text. Like literally like they call out consumerism and, and that's just okay. So Romero has made zombie movies are a, always good. Zombie movies should always be about something else. Um, and bad zombie movies are only about zombies. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like all, all horror, I, I feel like in, in general needs to be showing something about like reflecting a mirror on society in some way. Like whether we're, you know, if we're watching a slasher, like the, the slasher villain is always kind of going about policing morality in some way. So a zombie movie needs to be kind of about something else with, you know, the zombies kind of giving it a flavor. Yeah. What do you think about the uh, 2004 remake? Um, I, I, I like it. 
Um, I actually got to see a sneak preview um, before it went wide. Uh, so it was big. It was actually in Seattle. Um, so big crowd, like we lined up hours beforehand. Uh, and it was like this real fun community kind of feeling. They were all part of the testosterone group, right? Yeah, it was all test fest. Uh, we even got Dick's Burgers. Um, Seattle reference. Um, yeah, so it, we went. So it was, it was that fun kind of collective experience. And we didn't really know what to expect. And like from the opening, like everyone was like on board. Uh, and then like the credits with like when the man comes around, Johnny Cash, like everyone was just going wild. Like it was everyone was super pumped. My favorite moment from the remake is um, an actor. I don't know his name. I don't watch the show really, but he's the guy who's on Modern Family now. But in, in okay. Dawn of the Dead, he plays like this sleazy asshole guy. Um, but when he... Oh, Bill Dumpy, isn't it? That sounds right. Um, when he first appeared on screen, literally the entire audience, we all thought it was Bruce Campbell. And the whole audience fucking cheered. <laughs> like we cheered and you heard people yell like, like uh, Ash or like Bruce Campbell. You heard all these people cheer and yell Bruce Campbell's name or Ash. And then there's the moment of like, oh, who's that guy? Iberell, That's not yeah. him. Like, who's that guy? No. It was, it was, really was like this hilarious moment of the whole audience being super, super hyped and then like crashing immediately, but still being, you know, like on board, like zombie baby. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it really works for the time period. Uh, like fast zombies, it made it work. Yeah. So for me, this was like my, um, zombie awakening, I would say. This got me pumped into zombies because it was just high intense action scenes. This taught me really headshot, you know, as before that really got like popular through like video games. And I just I, I loved it. And I think this did boost some careers for like Michael Kelly, who later is in House of Cards. Oh yeah, and oh, Di yeah, Burrell, yeah. like you said, uh, Ving Rhames was great. Yeah, just uh, all around fantastic cast. A lot of just fun. You know, this also uh, I think the remake also inspired a lot more with the zombie films. Let's make a battle vehicle mm-hmm. to just cruise down, and in in general dystopias. Yeah, so much so that Romero himself like did a uh, did a riff on it. that. I think that's probably the the best thing, um, not the best thing. But it's definitely a good thing that came out of the remake was that it got Romero was able to make another like three zombie movies, diminishing returns on those, but at least Land of the Dead um, is pretty decent and features like a you know a zombie killing battle truck. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask you about the other movies and if you had watched those. So have you uh you've consumed all all the available The only dead one franchise? I haven't watched was actually his last one. Um well, which was Island of the Dead because literally I've never heard anyone say anything decent about it. Um mm. but it's funny like I saw Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead I think before I had even seen Night of the Living Dead. Um and my first exposure to Night of the Living Dead was, uh, and I'll age myself quite a bit, is there used to be a show in the mid-90s on MTV called Liquid Television, where it was just, it was a showcase for animated shorts. 
it's where Beavis and Butthead got its start. Uh, oh, okay. But they had a thing called stick figure theater, which was just someone did animated stick figures over scenes from movies. And someone did a Night of the Living Dead um, stick figure theater. And that, I think, was the first, like, actual exposure to Night of the Living Dead that I had. I was watching animated stick figures do it. And then later, probably because that movie's public domain, I probably saw it on TV. Um, or we might have... Oh, actually, I'm going to take that back. I saw the remake of Night of the Living Dead before I saw the original Night of the Living Dead. Um, and the remake of Night of the Living Dead from 1990 or 1991 is actually pretty good, and it and it holds up. That's you mentioned uh, Land of the Dead. This was another zombie movie that I loved, but I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone about. And I think I was telling you, Al, um, there is a zombie movie where someone, a zombie picks up a gun and shoots it, and it's this one. It's the Land of the Dead, yeah. which is his other. It's a, it's um, His Romero is a... There's a loose continuity to these. He's really exploring like the evolution of the zombies. Yeah, like the lead zombie like fires a gun, <laughs> um, and uh, like yeah, I think it's it's pretty good. It's like Land of the Dead is about classism. Um, you know, Dawn of the Dead is about you know like commercialism. Day of the Dead is that one's a little bit harder. A little bit like science and society gone wrong uh it's a it's a little it's a little murkier there but yeah so for the romero movies the only one i haven't seen is island of the dead uh i got to see diary of the dead which was his kind of like found footage zombie movie mm-hmm. um which was okay uh it's definitely diminishing returns like night dawn day and land are at least decent the others are uh, skippable yeah, it looks like that's I'm seeing like the Rotten Tomato scores and like Survival of the Dead got went from Diary of the Dead at 62 and then Survival of the Dead at 30%. Yeah, Survival of the Dead's it's like real bad. Ab- abysmal, but that's yeah, some 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 sad stuff in there. But it kind of feels like he's almost going for a like I I get Romero burst planet of the ape vibes with like the night of the living dead universe. Like he's trying to explore like these, this alternate reality in which the zombies are like gaining more and more, uh, abilities and whatnot. Kind of like how, like, I mean the, the way that you're describing a, a zombie leader picks up a gun and shoots it off. It's like, didn't Caesar in the planet of the apes, wasn't he the first one to like lift up a gun and, and fire it and stuff like that and like show them? Yeah. I Yeah. Like, uh, planet of the apes series is also another one of my favorite series. Um, yeah. Like Caesar saying no and like teaching the, uh, the other apes, like how to share and then how to fight back. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I love, I love the planet of the apes movies. Yeah, I, I I have massive respect for uh, for all the Planet of the Apes except for the Tim Burton one. Yeah, that but, one. Uh, um, you, you know what? I I I love that one. Uh, I know a lot of people hate it, but it has Bing Rhames in there. Or no, Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. R.I.P. Man. Mm-hmm. Um, man, people are really gonna hate me on what I was <laughs> saying everything all the time today. So I gotta ask you. When it comes to you said this is in your top ten films, yeah. but in reality, when it comes to zombie films, 
where does this land? What do you think of like Zombieland or World War Z? Let's start there, and then I've got another follow-up on that. All right. So, yeah, this is my favorite zombie movie. So I'd say my hierarchy is number one, Dawn of the Dead. Number two, Night of the Living Dead. Number three, I, I would put Shaun of the Dead. Like, Shaun of the Dead is good. I think it it's one of those ones where, like, it feels, like, cliche to say you like it so much. But it's, it's real good. It's real good. Zombieland is good, but it's. I also I never feel like I want to watch it ever again. Like, I'm just like, oh. Yeah, it was fine. It was a, I, I guess it was maybe a little too meta uh, for me. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah, I get it. Like, I get, I get those jokes. I always wanted it to be a show, and I, I think this was before like Amazon Prime was being great. I think Amazon did. Yeah, they did a pilot. Like a pilot. And that, that was yeah. That mm-hmm. the pilot's not. Well, I think like the thing. My memory is the pilot. It's not that the pilot was bad. It's that the pilot weren't the actors you wanted to see. Like that's mm-hmm. an ensemble show. It's there's four there's four main characters. Like four very distinct actors who you know. There's no like dead weight actor. Um, so like mm-hmm. without all four of them, it wouldn't work, and you can't replace any of them. Like so, it's. Yeah, it, it could have worked um, if it was not those same characters. Like, just have it be in the same universe and use the same tropes of, like, the rules and all that, and it would have been fine. Like, I, I think it probably actually would have been successful if they hadn't tried to make it. The, hey, remember, like, how much you liked Woody yeah. Harrelson and Emma Stone and and all and the other Six two? These people look nothing like yeah. them. You want, like, cut-rate yeah. versions? No offense to those actors, but you want cut-rate ver- versions of those movie stars? Wanted though a you know zombie kill of the week. Yeah. I think that was a great idea, and just they could have kept that. Um, There's another great zombie movie from Australia called Undead. Um, it it is a crazy kind of like cartoony gory um, zombie movie uh, that the the directors made. It's and it's special effects heavy. Um, and they did it with all like off the shelf like software and everything, and so it's very low budget, but it looks awesome. It's a lot of fun. At one point, a character wields a uh, a, a shotgun where he's welded three shotguns together, uh, so he has like a, th- a three barrel um, pump shotgun. It's a uh, it's 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 a little wacky. It's fun. I highly recommend people checking that out. Um, uh, Twenty eight days later, of course, is up there because that is. Uh, a good movie mm-hmm. yeah like 28 days later 28 weeks later is not as good yeah I'm trying to think of like other kind of like lesser known zombie movies that people should check out um, okay another question for you um where do you think we can or, or what would you want to see in zombie movies in the future you know do you think it's been fully explored we've got drama like the walking dead of how is it to survive in a zombie apocalypse? We've got comedy. We've got sadness. You know, um, what, what is that one with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, and his daughter, yeah. Maggie? Yeah, Maggie. Or, or there's that one, I have wanted to watch it, like about uh, a girl with the cure. Oh, is it the girl with all the gifts? Yeah. I've wanted to watch that. I've heard good things on that. Yeah, I like that one. Never got around so I think if they really want to breathe like fresh air into the zombie genre, 
Um, I think we got to see more period pieces. Um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, like, like uh, sure. I loved it. Yeah. Um, but I think, <laughs> I, like, just explore. Like, we haven't, there have been a few zombie westerns, but none of them are any good. Um, I'd love to see a zombie western. I'd love to see, like, like z- zombie Roman like movie there's like book series like this gets explored a lot in books but yeah give give me some more period pieces you know and uh though they'll never do it uh i did read the basically star wars and zombies oh yeah books the second book was a little ridiculous because he literally copied liam neeson's uh taken <laughs> Um, and, and had a, a Jedi with, you know, force powers, like telling whomever killed like his sister, I don't know who you are, but I will find you. I have special gifts. You know, he, <laughs> he just thought that like monologue from Liam Neeson was great as a Jedi because they also have special skills. <laughs> wow. That's something that could work, uh, for animated for, for Disney, the way they were doing those like star Wars, like kind of sh- Short mm-hmm. anthology, they they could totally do that, that adapt that zombie, at least part of it, adapt that Star Wars zombie book into an animated. But it, I don't think they will because it ruins the main uh, story because you also meet Han and Chewie at oh. one point, and <laughs> oh, they they'll never make it. But uh, it, it's a fun idea. I think it was called Death Trooper was the first one. Have both of you guys been watching uh, The Last of Us on HBO? I have not. I do not have the HBO. I have. Okay. Have you Have you ever played the video game of it? Or I, I have like played that? the video game a tiny bit. A friend A friend likes to like force me to uh, do very hard levels of video games to see how how many times I die for his own amusement. So so I have played a little bit of Last of Us. Do you feel like that is kind of in like they're not zombies? But they're, you know, they effectively modified they fill human. that like, role. They're effectively, yeah. um, they fill that plot device yeah. to a T. But it's just like, oh, but we we spread it this other way instead, and like you get it through the spores. Essentially, um, like regular yeah, humans re- as like mindless creatures that like don't move normally. Uh, like, yeah, that's that's might as well be zombies. I mean, Call of Duty, I think helped the zombie genre in the video games with the first one and then they've gone like crazy where they've gone to the moon it's not as palpable is not the word i want to use but there's just something about the flavor of the very first one of nazis nazi zombies because you want to shoot Nazis right. and you want to shoot zombies. Because there's always like the tragedy of normal zombies. Like, oh, this person used to mm-hmm. be normal and now they are not themselves and I have to kill them. If you're like shooting a, shooting a Nazi zombie, that's like good. Like either way, <laughs> either way, they deserved a good yeah. shooting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later on, you know, they did like in the Pacific of like either Korea or whatever. I'm like, that doesn't have the same feel to it because, you know, th- those wars were just not as necessary or horrible as the Nazis. <laughs> they, you know, it, it it is about that that uh, flavor in in my mind. Um, but it would I think be that interesting. They just weren't as affecting to 
the entire world. I, I think a lot of people would say that the Korean conflict was was still very necessary and very huge for you know people who were living yeah. in the, in that area. There's, I, I think, yes, that, that, I don't mean to take away from that at all. I, but I'm in my conscience of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, I understand. I mean, that. It, it's definitely get... clear that everybody brings up World War II. Like World War II stories are just the biggest thing ever. Yeah, we we get tons of those movies over and over. Uh, you're you're not you're not wrong with that. That people want to like kind of talk about that. And there's kind of there there's kind of a um there there's some cultural bias in there also, but it's sort of the kind of big difference is like there's not a lot of still imperial Japanese um, like political pushback in the world. Like you're not seeing a lot of um, like hardcore militaristic Japanese people trying to like take over school boards. Nazis are, are still a going concern. So that's where it's a lot of like, <laughs> uh, it's a, the ideology is, is still present and a clear and present danger. Um, so it's a little bit different, like the way we relate to the, you know, the Pacific theater versus, you know, Europe is, is different as Americans. Cause like we're still dealing a lot with, uh, stuff that was, uh, we thought was maybe done, uh, in 1945, but it's still there. So yeah, like, like culturally we, we do really relate to the, the, the two different aspects of the war, um, like through different lenses. We have established you, you are a graphic novelist, but, uh, you know, you write for, you write your, your comic junior Braves of the apocalypse. How did you get from watching this movie to now being a graphic novelist who is, you know, writing zombie fiction? It's a, it's an interesting story since it relies almost entirely on, um, luck which is which is the big component right there, there's three things you need to make it you know quote unquote make it as a creative is you need you know talent determination and luck and usually only two of those things and one of them always has to be luck um so how junior braves kind of came about is uh my writing partner and i is uh my friend greg who we met in college uh and we like we did sketch comedy together and then we were like writing scripts together um i moved to los angeles and like I started to have like a tiny bit of traction with like some spec scripts that I wrote and like some I wrote on my own, some I wrote with Greg It's like the tiniest bit. Like um, we could have possibly gotten an agent maybe, uh, but that's enough to kind of sustain you and like keep you going and keep hustling. And then it never really came together. There's a writer strike. So like every, every contact we had in the TV industry had left at that point. So we're kind of stuck. So I focused on a new hobby that I developed, which was roller derby. I was a roller derby referee in Los Angeles. Uh, did that for seven years. And while being a roller derby referee, I met a guy who was a, a photography, just like took photos at the derby games for fun. His day job was in Hollywood. And a company, Oni Press, had announced that they were doing a roller derby anthology comic book. And the idea was it was all, all the writers would be like roller derby people. They, they intended it to be like for skaters, but it was anyone who was involved in roller derby could write a short for this anthology and they would, you know, pick the best, partner them with an artist and did this roller derby anthology comic. Uh, so I wrote a story and it got accepted. Um, and then it was coming out and then I mentioned... 
to my friend, the photographer, I was like, oh yeah, like I, I did a, I did a, a, a comic book story. Like I always wanted to write comics and you know, like I got, I got the story published thanks to roller derby. And he told me, he's like, I'm actually leaving Hollywood to go move to Portland, Oregon and work for that comic book company. Like I need ideas, send me pitches. Wow. I was like, I will do that. Um, so we, I told, uh, my partner, Greg, I was like, Hey, like we got this opportunity to like pitch some comic books. Like let's come up with some ideas or let's rework some of our scripts into comic books. Um, and then I was, Charlie was the name of the, the photographer who was going to become an editor at Oni press. I was riding in the car with Charlie and I got a text message from Greg and the text message read group of boy scouts go on a camping trip. While they're away, the zombie apocalypse happens. I, I read the text out loud, and Charlie was like, that is awesome. Pitch that. Like, write up a pitch for that. So I'd never actually really done much with um, with zombie fiction, even though I love zombies. Actually, yeah. Like, um, I hadn't really done much. I had written a screenplay for a zombie western. I was plugging, plugging earlier where I said there was no good zombie westerns. If someone ever made my zombie western, it would be great. Uh, but that was the only piece of zombie fiction I'd ever written was, a, was a, a film script that went nowhere. And then we pitched this comic book about a group of, of originally it was Boy Scouts, but we, you know, Boy Scouts are litigious. So we changed it to Junior Braves. Uh, junior Braves go on a camping trip. And when they come back, we decided we didn't want to do just straight zombies. We wanted to do, uh, zo- we made them hideous zombie mutants. So they're like, kind of like, kind of Last of Us-ish. Uh, so they're kind of like mutated monster zombie people. Um, and yeah, we pitched it. They liked it. Uh, and we've we've done two two books of it, and we're the plan is for five. Uh, we don't know if we'll get to five, but the third book is being worked on now. Kind of, it's halfway done. Yeah, fingers yes, crossed that you'll I, you actually get all five. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I wanted to ask. I didn't check the dates. Your comic versus was it Boy Scouts Scout versus Scott Zombies? Zombie the movie. This is actually a great. Yeah. Uh, there's a very funny connection here. So we knew about that script because that was a, a very well-known script that had been going around for a couple mm-hmm. of years, um, but just like it had never kind of come together. Uh, and when it finally kind of got purchased and it was being like developed and was actually looking like it was going to happen was about the same time we were like working on volume one. And then I believe our book came out the same year as the movie. Um, and we got a ton of like people at conventions being like, oh, is this like that movie? And we were like, no, it's not like that movie. Um, but the funny, funny, funny bit is we actually know a guy who did a pass on the script for that movie. He is like a ghostwriter. And he's like, yeah, that movie wasn't very good. He's like, your book is much better than that movie. <laughs> so we would at conventions, we would tell people like, hey, one of the writers of that movie thinks our book is better. We'd use that as a selling point. Nice. nice. And then very luckily, That's like good. that movie kind of like came and went and we're still plugging away. So like we get less and less of that comparison now, but yeah, we used to get it like a couple of years. That was my yeah. first thoughts because I did see that. And uh, I do like, again, I should look up a name before I, uh, um, you thinking of the redhead dude with the mustache? I Sheridan. That's who I'm oh. thinking of. He's in that movie. Who later became uh, Cyclops. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Hmm. He was like he, the only like good actor in that movie. Oh, uh, an, an acquaintance of mine is actually in that movie, which was very funny to see him. I was like, I know that guy. Like, I've done comedy with that guy. Okay, besides any gun, what would be your survival weapon to fight off zombies? Ooh, I really like um, the lobotomizer from World War Z, which is basically just like a uh, like a poleaxe. The little like I think it has a little okay. like injector spike or injection spike. Um, yeah, the lobotomizer. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Oh, um, the other thing. Uh, so I was mentioning this to to Quince. There's tw- twenty six years in between the original Dawn of the Dead and the remake. That means if they were going to do another remake, they should wait another twenty six years. That means in twenty thirty. They would be making a, a new, a new uh, Dawn of the Dead. What do you think they should really do differently for, for the next remake? What would allow it to like still feel fresh and new? What? The funny thing is, is uh, in the original Dawn of the Dead, they have to explain to the audience what a mall is. Um. Because in indoor malls, shopping malls were st- were pretty new, and even in 1978, um, you would have to do that again in a remake in 2030 because the audience isn't going to know what a mall is. Yeah, but you could still well, like I mean, we 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 did talk about that. Yeah, you could you could still like have it place because like those malls are all going to be still standing, but abandoned, empty. You know, like um, I don't know, like dens of of just garbage and detritus so i think it, it, i think it would still be fun to like set it in a mall like have like because no one goes to the mall so it's the safest place uh, if you stick stick the idea that zombies go to places they were familiar with and that they knew in life having the safest place be an, an abandoned mall because not even the zombies go there i think it was a pretty good idea yeah, I we 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 talked a little bit about this um just Quince and I and talked about how in their version of the 1978 of that mall like malls were, you know, kind of maybe they everything. were new, but they they did have everything <laughs> there. A gun store. You could go Imagine to a and... gun store in a mall. I know. Well, I mean, the closest thing now is that they've got some like, you know, Asian stores that will have like katanas yeah. or <laughs> you might even like some yeah, some oh, malls uh, have like big fives or like sporting goods stores like attached. That mm, yeah. maybe I don't know, but yeah, like they had plenty of food because you had like a Hickory Farms, which is all going to be preserved meats and and like canned yeah. like delicacies. Um, so yeah, like it's here, here now you'll get an Orange Julius and maybe a hot dog on a spinach. Yeah, but like we don't have like anything that's like preserved now. It's like you've got all this food and. As soon as the electricity goes out, all that food's just going to spoil super fast. So it's, yeah, it, it feels like the mall would certainly be a great venue to, to hide out in, but there's not going to be like things that you can yeah. easily access. It's, you're just going to have some, some other stuff. It feels like, wow, if we don't have like a gun store in here, we're going to have to yeah resort to the little Asian place or the Spencer's gift that sells like a katana. I mean, maybe. Home like recruiting what? center, like maybe in one of the officers' desks, there's a mm. firearm. Yeah, you know, I, I gotta. Uh, this is 
uh, Michael, I don't know if you've seen Black Friday. I think that's what it's called. But it is like a zombie, but in a like a Target or a Walmart. And I think it did have... Uh, my goodness. Um, Bruce Campbell. Really? Um, it was a newer one. It like came out like a year or two ago. Not seen that, but I'm gonna wow, have to check 2020, this out. Yeah, 2021. 2021. Yep. Michael Jai White. Yeah. Um, I I did want to watch this. I I remember seeing the preview for this. Uh. But basically, this is what I would consider as the remake of it to some extent. Wow, yeah. Because they're stuck in a store that they could use almost everything. Oh, I like the, the alien um, the alien cause for uh, zombies. Interesting. Have to check that right. one out. Yeah, I do feel like I, I have not really... Um, stayed current in the last few years with zombie movies there's been some like uh good ones like are you know not necessarily good but like fun zombie movies that have come out that i just have not seen like i haven't seen cooties uh which is supposed to be pretty fun um i haven't seen that Mm -hmm. there's that christmas musical zombie movie i can't i can't think of the name right now but like i haven't seen that one so i gotta get back on it yeah for for real slacking uh i do have a a little game for you guys if you if you're down to play it let's do it michael i don't know if you have listened to one of our more recent episodes we have created a game called the letterboxd game so what we do is so what we are going to be doing we are trying to guess movies that we think will be in the top 10 uh i guess since this is a three-player game in the top 15 of their of that actor's like most logged movies. Mm, okay. So you're trying to guess movies that you think people are logging. So it could be for like, Oh yeah, this is one that everybody is watching and it's current or, Oh, this is one that is really bad that everybody wants to like still go see stuff like that. So we're going to pick a couple actors. Um, since you mentioned that you like uh, punch drunk love, then we are going to do Adam Sandler. Okay. Does that sound good? Yep. So um, we'll start off. We'll start with you since you are the guest. All right. So I'm going to go. I think people are probably still watching and, and logging in. Happy Gilmore. Nice. Happy Gilmore. All right. I'm going uh, with Hustle. Uh, usually new, uh, here's a tip. A little late, but newer movies tend to be up there. Mm. So, okay, you know, I do think Happy Gilmore is a good one, but I'm gonna go for uh, Mr. Deeds. Oh, and then uh, for my second one, I'm gonna go. You know, this one's also kind of uh, a big deal one that is also uh, recent enough. Uncut Gems. That's it. Yeah, great movie. Yeah. All right, Quince, what's your number two? Okay, I think it's going to be up there, but it doesn't mean that it's well-loved. Hotel Transylvania 3. Oh, damn. Yep. <laughs> All right, oh, Michael. Mm, I might, uh, mm, it, at some point, didn't he stop doing the voice for Hotel Transylvania, and it's now like his brother? Could be wrong on that. Well, this was the his his the last was, one that he oh, did. Okay, okay. He may have done a fourth one. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. 
Um, so, okay. So I'm going to go with, so you said like recent ones and like hate watch ones. What's that? Um, Huey's Halloween. What was that? Or Huey's Halloween. Oh, Huey's Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. With, so there uh, is a fourth one, but yes, he is not in it. Okay, so I'm gonna like. Are he, is it what is it, is it what is it called? Huey saves Halloween or just Huey? Huey Halloween. Huey Halloween. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna go with that one for like maybe a hate watch. Gets it up there. Okay, and then I like it. Second one, I'm going to go with. I'll go with classic. I think this one is still pretty popular. I'm gonna go with Fifty First Dates. Hmm. Quince, what do you got for three? Um, just because I don't want to miss out on the classics, I want to go. Actually, sorry, this is not a classic. I wouldn't consider it a classic, but I think is also up there in general. Is I'm going to go with the first Grown Ups. Oh, yeah, that's a good choice. I think that one's pretty well liked. Okay, consider it a classic, I guess, in my mind. Classics in my mind are, are like. Early 2000s to earlier. Sure. Yeah. Like you're thinking like Billy Madison or something. Mm. Speaking of which, I am going to take that one. But I do want to, I think that there is, he, he produces a lot of stuff on uh, Netflix. I think is a Just Go With It a newer one. Um, Is that the one with Jennifer Aniston? I think he's done a couple yes. of Jennifer Aniston. Uh, that it's 2011, so it's not that new. Uh, the new one with Jennifer Aniston was Murder Mystery. That's right. Which, um, you know what? I'll put me down for that one. Why okay. not? I, I think I've learned my lesson from this game is that it's not the ones that I love the most. Uh, <laughs> Michael, do you want to give a, me your last two? Okay, my last two. I'm going to go again. Another classic. I'm going to go Wedding Singer. Um, I do feel like that is almost forgotten at this point, so maybe it's not, but um, I'm gonna list it because that is that is a classic. And let's go for a little bit more recent. Um, oh, you know what? I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go with recent, I'm gonna tank myself here. I'm gonna say Bulletproof that mo- that action uh movie he made with Damon Wayans in the late 90s or mid 90s. Oh, man, or with Bulletproof. <laughs> Okay. Take myself. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I'm like, I haven't even heard of that one. Nope. I'm like, oh, it, yeah, it's on there. Okay, my last one. I'm going with top. There's a few that I want to choose, but this is okay. This one is just more for me. I liked the movie Funny People a lot. Funny um, People. Okay, I'm. Tempted to go with a punch drunk love, but I also was just I'm also tempted to just do a tank one and do Jack and Jill. So <laughs> that, that so I for my last one, I was considered funny people, Jack and Jill, and the longest yard or whatever. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you did that. Um, there's there's something else that I'm thinking uh, of. I just you, had it in uh, my head. Chuck and Larry. Larry. That's right. I was like, I can't remember what the the name the first name was. Uh, okay, I can't think of it. Uh, we'll, we'll go with Jack and Jill just just for the hell of it, just to have some fun. Okay. <clears throat> Let me start pulling it up. 
we're just looking at like the top ten, or are we looking at the top fifteen? We're we're looking at the top fifteen. Okay. So hypothetically, we could all win if we name the top fifteen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's I want to I want to give it the most amount of chances for people. Okay, number one, uncut gems. That's a point for me. All right, next one up, we got Punch Drunk Love. Nothing there for anybody. Next one, though, is 51st Date. So that goes to Michael. Yeah. Noise. Right. Quint's right behind with Hustle. Yeah. Nobody got Click, unfortunately. Oh, Click. Oh. They got Hotel Transylvania 1. So sorry, mm. Quint. It doesn't count. Grown Ups, though. We got that one. Nice. I'm at two. Yep. We got uh, the Meyerwitz stories. Then we got Happy Gilmore. So that's two for Michael. Ooh, another one for Quint with Murder Mystery. Yeah. Uh, Just Go With It. So that one was on there for me. Hubie Halloween. (laughs) All right. That's third point over here. Big Daddy. Nobody did that one. Okay. Pixels. I refuse to pick that one. I refuse to see okay. that movie. <laughs> last last one, The Wedding Singer. Oh so, ding ding ding. Michael. Michael How did I Michael how did I pull that off? <laughs> Noise. Movies that he that he wanted to. Oh, the the one I was also thinking of was Airheads. Oh, I was just yeah. thinking maybe a bunch of people went and watched that. Brandon that, Fraser. Like, Brandon yeah. Fraser is like, back in the spotlight and whatnot. If they haven't, they should. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, do you guys want to play one more time? Yeah, we can do another round. Okay, Quince. What 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 actor would you like us to explore? Let's do Ving Rhames since we mentioned him earlier. Ooh. Can I even think of Ving Rhames movies? I'm I'm probably gonna have to pull up IMDb for the this one. He, he, when you look at his roster, you'll be like, oh wait, he is in this movie. I think there's a lot more than you think. All right, I, I have oh, yeah. okay, I four right now, and those these will be my four. I think. All right, I'm I'm good to go. Well, I, I'm I'm going first uh, right. since I call it. I'm gonna go with Pulp Fiction. Because that's going to be uh, number one on a lot of, yeah. uh, just in general. Okay, Pulp Fiction. All right, Michael, you want to go? He's in. Um, is he in the first Mission Impossible, or just like one of the sequels, or the sequels? He's in in almost. Okay, then I'm going to say Mission Impossible. Okay. The uh, the latest one, Ghost Protocol, or I don't know. I literally have never Fall seen. Out. Fallout. 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 I'm going to say Mission Impossible, Fallout. Yeah. I think the only one, I think it's Ghost Protocol, is he had more of like a cameo. Was he in the original one as well? Yeah. Oh, wow. He's in it to win it the whole way. Yeah, he sure is. Oh, it looks like he's in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'm going to pick that one. Oh, that's right. He is in that. Yeah. Uh, and for my second pick, I am going with Piranha 3DD. 
Okay, that means uh, Michael. I'm next. gonna go, I'm gonna go real obscure just just for funzos. I'm saying people under the stairs. Don't know that movie. That yeah. is a very <laughs> that one. weird uh, early '90s kind of horror kind of thriller. Yeah. All right. All right. Quince. Okay, I am going with um. Oh, uh, I just had it. Uh, Con Air and um, Lilo and Stitch. See the bubbles. Yeah. Nice. Apparently, he was also in one episode of the TV show of Lilo and Stitch as well. I'm looking at. That's interesting. Uh, I'm gonna go. Well, we we talked about this one earlier. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. And uh, I'll pick one Mission Impossible. I'm going to do Mission Impossible 3. All right, that's back to Michael. All right. Um, I am actually having to go to IMDb to kind of... Oh, yeah, this is one that I thought. Um, this isn't going to be on there at all, but I'm going to say Bringing Out Your Dead. Or bring out, bringing out the dead is the name of the title. Is the name of the movie. All right, quits. What you got? Um, I. This is my last two, right? Yep. I'm gonna go with just the first Mission Impossible, and then you know what? Let's go with the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yep. All right, Michael. What did you think uh, of a uh, Death Race? But he's only in two and three. Want them to be if he was in the first one, I think he would have had a better chance. All right, I'm gonna do uh, he is a voice in Wendell and Wild. Wendell, I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen either. I feel a little bad because um, a friend of mine was one of the animators on it. They should probably support their work. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, I will go with. Wow, he's got such a body of work. Uh, you know what? Let's pick striptease. <laughs> you know what? It's I. You have a good chance of still hitting pretty hard. <laughs> uh, Michael, I think we still need one oh, more for I you. Will do um. Good. What's a good one? What's a good classic? Ving Rhames. Everyone's done all the good ones. Um, man. Uh, Final Fantasy? What the heck? Uh, <laughs> um, man, scrolling his IMDb, it just gets more and more uh, obscure the further down you go. Um you know, maybe go with the entrapment. I was, I was gonna, I just got, I was like, entrapment or body count. Um, I'll do entrapment. No, actually, I'll do Rosewood, which is actually a movie I've seen. So I'll say Rosewood. Okay. Rosewood. Yeah. All right. So, of course, Quince, you're gonna get number one point, Pulp Fiction. It had to be on there. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Yep. 
That, that's a point for me. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Okay, that's a point for Michael. Lilo and Stitch. And then uh, Mission Impossible. So that's two and three for you, Quince. I got uh, Ghost Protocol, then Mission Impossible 3. So that's a point for me. Then we got Mission Impossible 2, Wendell and Wild. Nice. Jacob's Ladder, Dawn of the Dead. Wow, you've almost got a straight sweep here. And then the next one is Con Air. So you you got all five. Uh, Next is Bringing Out the Dead. So that's another point for Mr. Michael. And after that is Out of Sight. Ooh, one more, and you could have had people under uh. the stairs. So, Quince, you are our winner for this one. Ding, ding, ding. Good job, dude. Woo! All right. Um, well, I, we're kind of winding down here. Uh, Michael, do you want to tell us about any, any projects that we should be looking out for or anything that you want to plug yeah. yourself? Okay. So, uh, being released at the end of this month is the third volume, uh, which collects the final four issues of my series orcs in space. Uh, that'll be available at your local comic book retailer or online at all the usual online comic book places, uh, Amazon, uh, barnesandnoble.com, all the places, you know how to order books now. Uh, so that's orcs in space. I also am on a, um, tabletop RPG podcast for the fallout game, uh, called rad rolls. So if you like the fallout video game series and you want to listen to some funny people, uh, do a role-playing game based in that world, check out rad rolls. Um, you can also visit my website, buymichaeltanner.com. That's B-Y-MichaelTanner.com, where you can visit my web store, where if you want to buy my comics directly from me, you certainly can do that. Um, that's all I got really to plug right now. Hey, that's, that's plenty. Uh, Impressive. I'm really happy for you. Thank you, sir. So, say that again, Quint. I'm just saying impressive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like if uh, someone has me on their podcast... Ask me to promote anything. I don't have you got that much this. You say. got this show, and that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for for being on here on episode of the movies that move us. I'm so glad that we actually have. Um, you know, we've we've had a uh, a lot of a lot of guests, but never a. Uh, it's our first horror. Yeah, this oh, is like okay. the first horror movie, and I I would really love for for there to be more horror, um. But yeah, I'm I'm really glad that that you picked this one. It cleared up a. I I went through and I watched Night of the Living Dead, this one and the 2004 remake. I think I'll probably gonna keep going with all the George A. Romero. So this was like helping unblock some uh some spots. Nice, from, that's fun from, to hear. Uh, blind spot. Yeah. So I had I had a lot of fun with with this movie. Um, I'm definitely going to be showing people the uh, blood pressure cuff <laughs> scene for uh, for years to come. Perfect. Okay. Well, have a great rest of your night, and thank you so much for being on. Uh, everybody else who is our listeners, have a great time, and go out and watch some movies. All right, we'll see you. Bye. See ya.
thank you so much guys that was a lot of fun